0: Let's turn together uh, one last time to Ecclesiastes chapter 12 on page 559 of your church Bibles. Ecclesiastes 12, uh, we're looking at uh, just the last few verses here, verses 9 uh, through 14 uh, this evening. Again, thank you to Richard for uh, getting us most of the way through uh, chapter 12 a couple of weeks ago. uh, And we'll, we'll finish tonight. So if you're with us this morning at Grace Church, it was quite a long sermon. Uh, there's good news this evening, it'll be much shorter for you, uh, but but hopefully we'll cover, cover it well. Uh, and this is God's word from Ecclesiastes 12, beginning in verse 9, and reading through the end of the chapter. Besides being wise, the preacher also taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight, and uprightly he wrote words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end. And much study is a weariness of the flesh. The end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing whether good or evil. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forevermore. This week, uh, Elon Musk gave an interview to the BBC uh, in which he said, and this isn't an exact quote, but the, he said the reason that he, he purchased the social media platform Twitter was to, to free it and to make it a place of, of free-flowing truth. In the interview, he repeatedly questioned whether uh, reporters and and media personalities were the best uh, arbiters uh, of of what is true and and, and what is is false, what is is real and and what is fake. And as we we come to these final verses of of Ecclesiastes, uh, we hear from uh, what we think is actually a a third party, someone summarizing uh, the work of the preacher who, who we believe to have been Solomon. Uh, and the the, the what, what's said is that uh, is that kind of kind of like Twitter. Uh, the the preacher has written uh, other short uh, statements of truth, proverbs. Uh, if you turn over to the book of Proverbs, you'll you'll see many of those those sayings. Uh, and like most Twitter users, you know, the the preacher has has taken great care in the words of truth that he has written. Obviously, I'm being a little bit silly, right? Uh, I hope we agree that, that no one uh, really takes, takes social media very seriously. Their, their, their tweets are very rarely well thought out, aren't they? Uh, and none of us are particularly good arbiters of truth, uh, if we're really honest. Which is exactly why these final verses of Ecclesiastes uh, are so poignant and so important for us to understand and to embrace. The preacher Solomon, we're told, sought to, to offer his people... Uh, knowledge, and words of delight, words of of truth. What we see tonight is is actually the the very source of that truth and along with how that truth brings brings beauty and hope in our lives. So three things for us to see very briefly this evening. We see, first of all, uh, the goading truth. Secondly, we'll see uh, the simple life. And third, we'll see that God sees it all. So first let's look at goading truth. Uh, We're we're first told here about the the nature and source of truth, aren't we? Look at verses 11 and 12 again. He says, The words of the wise are like goads, and like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. What's he say that truth is like? He, he 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 compares the words to the wise to to that of a goad. Uh, they're they're like goads with nails uh, firmly fixed into them. This is a an agrarian illustration. Uh, it might it, 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 we might not quite understand it uh, in in modern day London, but it's it's a rather colorful illustration. A, a goad is uh, is what uh, is more commonly referred to, I think, in, in the modern world as, as a prod like a cattle prod. It was a, a stick that was used when, when, uh, uh, when you were moving your, your sheep or your cattle between fields and one of them gets out of line, you take your goad and you beat them back into line with it. And they, they, you know, when, when they go astray, you, you hit them with this. And sometimes there's, there's nails sticking out of the end. That's why he's referring to you know, the truth is like a goad with some really well-placed nails sticking out of it. That's pretty rough, isn't it? Many of you know my my wife, Jenny, grew up on a farm. When uh, when we were first married and I was still trying to impress my in-laws, I went to help out in the hog sheds on a couple of occasions. Uh, It was only a couple of times. Once I smelled the hog sheds, I I stopped worrying about impressing my in-laws pretty quickly. But but thanks to the miracle of modern technology in the the hog sheds, what did I see? Well, the the goads or the prods are now... Uh, electric and they're incredibly effective. If one of these, these massive beasts that, that weighs you know, two or three times the weight of the farmer gets out of line, the, the farmer with actually the, the gentlest of touches can, can knock the beast back in, in place because there's electricity running through it. You know, this, makes, this makes sense for animals doesn't it? With beasts you can't, you can't reason with them. And you don't usually get very far with, with sheep or, or cows or hogs or, or any other farm animals by, by just asking politely, do you? Would you mind, please, you know, getting in the lorry so we can take you to the slaughterhouse? doesn't work, does it? You have, a, you have to give a clear and firm message, something that, that anybody, even the, even the most stubborn animal, can understand. And we're told that that's what the truth is like. It's not romantic. At times the truth can feel quite, quite harsh and brutal, can't it? We've heard that over uh, the last, I don't know how many weeks, haven't we? That life is, uh, what are some of the things he's, he said, that life is, is uh, full of futile striving. At one point we were told that the only thing uh, better than death is to not have been born at all. That one was particularly brutal, wasn't it? The truth is at times painful. If the, the only truth you ever hear is, is, is all, uh, I think the kids say this, rainbows and unicorns, then you're really not hearing the truth at all. But I hope what we've seen over our time in Ecclesiastes is that truth, even if it's brutal, is meant to be life-giving. In a world that is marked and scarred by, by hardship and injustice and evil and sin, in a world that's been broken by us, and as participations in this world, we, we're adding to the collective sin and brokenness of it, that in a world like this, truth, truth is hopeful, and it offers us life and it offers us peace. We should expect a, in, a, in a world like this that truth is going to hurt at times. But there's also beauty to truth, and that beauty is actually found in its source. Did you notice the source of the the truth? What the the speaker here says, the truth is given by one shepherd. And that shepherd is is the Lord God, isn't it? You know, when Elon Musk says that journalists are not the best arbiters of truth, he's got it partly right. The problem is that his solution is we should just open it up to and and free it for for everyone to, to share their own personal truth. It's all equally valid. And that's called chaos by their name, isn't it? That tends to be what what we have in our world. It feels like chaos, but the deep truths, the deep truths that were brought to this evening, the beautiful truth, is that the the, the preacher, Solomon, the one we've been hearing from all these weeks, hasn't been giving us wise sayings that he's learned from uh, living a long and prosperous life. He's not giving us his, his opinion on, based on, on facts as he sees them. Rather, he's been offering us life-giving truth that he's received from outside of himself, from the one true shepherd, the shepherd over his own life, the Lord God. At times that truth is hard to hear. But he's also been, it's also been life-giving, hasn't it? As we said, most every week there's, there's a clearer and a greater truth that we've received from the one shepherd, that the preacher could only anticipate. We've seen this each week, haven't we? The preacher anticipates in types and shadows, but we've seen the the deep truth of what our sins deserve in the personal work of Jesus Christ. Is there anything more brutal than than the truth of the cross of Christ Jesus? It's something we've been reflecting on the last couple of weeks over, over Easter, isn't it? The things that he suffered and the, the indignity of the, the lies told about him at his trial. The, the suffering that he went through and the anticipation of his taking the wrath of God for our sins. And the torture of being nailed to a cross and, and laying down his life for our sakes. So what we see at the cross is is a brutal truth. It's a picture of how devastating our our hearts can be. And at the cross what we see is the the fulfillment and finality of what the preacher has been saying to us. That if left to ourselves, it's better never to have lived at all. Because we're so full of of injustice and, and sin and brokenness. And we're so short on, on meaning and purpose that we work the dust of the earth uh, that we will one day become part of when we die and are buried in our graves. And it's pointless. And it's meaningless. Unless we find ourselves in, in the one shepherd. We desperately need a shepherd, don't we? Without time's so a hard and, but a loving goad. To lead us in the paths of righteousness and obedience, lastly, on this point, we see the the futility of other wisdom don 't we in fact we 're warned against it quite sternly. Did you notice that in in uh, verse twelve hear, hear that again he says uh, he says, My son, beware of anything beyond these of making many books, there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Sorry, nerds you. Yeah. He 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 says you know he he warns us doesn't he uh, against against all these other wisdoms he tells us not to, to stray beyond God's truth the, the the one real truth he says we could we could spend our our lives uh, studying and learning from, from philosophers and, and other religious leaders and, and other uh, ancient faiths but if there's only one source of, of truth. There's only one shepherd. Then those those pursuits are only are only wearisome, and they're only gratifying our flesh. He says, I think this is the point well worth us hearing and, and heeding. We we in the church, uh, you know, can sometimes spend a lot of time uh, trying to understand all the arguments of those uh, who are skeptical about Christianity, or we can sometimes put up these other religions as as things that we that we respect as as this these these places where there's there's also wisdom there. It's not necessarily necessarily bad for us to want to understand these things. But what we're, we're warned against here is, is going so far down the, the rabbit hole. Not because we, we want to discover, discover something new, but because, we're, uh, but, but because there's sorry, we end up going down this rabbit hole, not be, and the warning isn't because we might discover something new. It's not because there, we might find some truth that's been held back from us by our loving God but it's because there's nothing there to discover it, there's a, a futility in it that, that doesn't edify in fact it breaks in fact what we, we need is not a, a, a lot of knowledge and a lot of apologetic the, the preacher says we simply need the truths that we've heard over these last weeks and months that there's one God who's the father of us all and in Him is all wisdom and knowledge. And He calls us out of our misery and out of our futility and out of our injustice to be found in Him. And we're found in Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. And when we understand this, this first point, that, that truth acts as a, as a goad that, that sometimes harshly and brutally leads us, then we can actually begin to, to see our second point, that life... Is actually relatively simple. That's what we see: the simple life. Look at look at verse thirteen again. The end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. That's a that's a Twitter truth, isn't it? Fear God and keep His commandments. It's it's only thirty three characters. Yes, I, I, I did count, by the way. Yeah. yeah, it's only 33 characters. It's remarkable how, how simple life becomes when, when you get the fact that there's, that there's just one shepherd, that there's only one source of, of life and of truth. There's only one place where we can turn to, to know ourselves and to understand our world rightly. When we, when we, one place that we can turn to, to to hear things like what we heard in the, in the Shorter Catechism tonight. That in Adam, all of us are, are sinners. That we've all, that we've all died. That's, that's profound. You won't hear that anywhere else. Those of you who were at, at Grace this morning heard uh, Jesus say, say something very similar in his, his summary of the law, didn't he? A very, a very simple truth. A very simple calling. What's the, the calling? Uh, what, what pleases God? He said it to the Pharisees. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. You could probably tweak that one as well, but I didn't count the characters. But this is consistent, isn't it? What we see throughout the the scriptures, it's it's consistent with some of the other Proverbs even that that, that Solomon wrote, where we're told that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You see, it all begins with the shepherd, doesn't it? Fear God and keep his commandments. It's simple, isn't it? That is until you've, you've tried it then you re- realize how hard it really is and that's that's the whole point fear God and keep his commandments you know it'd be easy for a, a short statement like that to to become a, a mantra wouldn't it we could put it on a t-shirt we could try and and hold one another accountable to it couldn't we you know have you been loving god and keeping his commandments and the honest answer to that for for any of us and and even for Solomon himself, would have been, nope. I've not feared God. And I've not kept His commandments. I've not loved Him the way I was meant to. And I've not kept His commandments perfectly. And the truth is, the harder I try, the more clearly I've seen that I'm, I'm not capable of it. See, there's days when there, there's, there's days when when I think many of us aren't aren't so sure we want to love God. He asks so much of us, and and sometimes his his truth feels quite brutal, doesn't it? It's hard to have a goad at your back. You know, God probably doesn't affirm uh, our lifestyle or our life choices. He wants us to to love our neighbors, but but I'm not sure He's ever met my neighbors or my spouse, or my flatmates, or my children. He wants me to love all these people? Fear God and keep His commandments. It, it sounds really great, doesn't it? That's much easier said than done, and that's that's a problem. It's a very big problem. It's a big problem because of, of what we see in verse 14, which is our, our last point this evening, that God sees it all. You know, that's the implications, isn't it? That you better get 13, verse 13 right because verse 14 says that, that God sees it all. And he's going to judge every deed, even, uh, even the ones you thought no one knew about. He's going to judge every deed, both the good ones and the bad ones. Do you fear God yet? He knows everything. And here's what, here's what this means. It's, it's pretty scary, actually, when you think about it. God knows, God knows every website you've ever visited. He doesn't need to look at your history. He doesn't need a, a hacker to expose it. He already knows that information. He knows every word you've, you've ever spoken to another person with malice or anger. He knows every, every penny you've not uh, reported to on your taxes. He knows what you've been watching on, on Netflix and whether or not you used your own login or, or the one that, is that someone else has given to you. He knows every thought and every motive of our hearts and minds, whether you've acted on them or not. See, this is why everyone wants to be a minister like me. It's, it's an easy job. I don't actually need to know any of that about any of you because I know the person who does. My job's simple because you're not answerable to me. You, know, you and I will, will have to give an account to our one shepherd. That's the whole point of, of Ecclesiastes and that's the whole point of everything Solomon has been telling us for for weeks is it's that this the shepherd the the one and only God over all creation he will either be our life or he will be our death until we square ourselves with the fact that that we we want to live forever but that one day we''ll, we'll die and face the judgment of of a, of a holy and righteous God who knows all of our thoughts all of our words and all of our deeds until we square ourselves with this fact we're, we're never really going to live life so what we need to hear and embrace is the, the simple truth that feels like like a nail into our backs that Solomon's been offering us all this time that we need to learn to fear God and be obedient to him, to, to keep his commandments. And where we fail in that, we need to we need one outside of ourselves who can keep those commandments and bring us through death to life. And that's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, isn't it? That's the good news for us this evening. There's there's one truth. And it's a simple truth. That we were made to, to love, enjoy, fear, serve and be obedient to God and we can't do it and we will perish if God doesn't provide another way for us to be made right with him and the good news is that he has in Christ our Savior he is the great shepherd the the word of God incarnate the, the truth of God who entered into our world who reveals to us what our our sins truly deserve and who took that what they deserve that wrath of God so that we might live And so now when we hear those words fear God and keep his commands we can say with Solomon the preacher "Amen." Amen Amen let us pray